0: Week 7 is in the books and delighted to go over a little bit about a crazy week in the NFL. It's it's never boring, that's for sure. You're listening to the Gridiron Podcast Network on a Monday morning, uh, Michael McQuaid here. Delighted to be joined with, uh, from Touchdown Trips, Ben Mortimer. Ben, great to have you on to talk some football. How are you doing on this uh, early Monday morning? Um, I've had the worst Monday mornings, to be honest, because uh, the Ravens, my Ravens won
1: last night. So it always, I think any sort of nfl fan will relate that if you do get that sort of late sunday boost of a win it really does put you into the week in a lot better frame of mind and it, there's nothing like you know it's, it's last week it was a horrible loss yeah you have a rough night's sleep and you go in and you think oh, I've got to live with this all week till next sunday but um yeah having uh, having having a win behind you uh, definitely sort of puts some wind in your sails so
0: um, i'm pretty good Good to hear, man. It's it's been uh it's it was a really interesting week seven in the league, just generally. And I, I know we'll talk about different elements. So you got your, you got your whole Rogers Brady element there, and sort of different games as well. And we'll even maybe take a look forward to your team playing on Thursday. And, and I I know you're a Ravens fan, so let's even just jump in and that there for now. Obviously, the Ravens uh, moving to four and three on the season after a win against the Browns on Sunday. I really thought Ben before this game started on Sunday. I had, picked the Ravens to win the game, but I really thought that this could be not a banana skin type sort of game, but the Browns are very sort of thorough in their defence, they try and come up towards the end of the game. We've seen what the Ravens done against the Giants, and I'd say you were sitting last night at one point, uh, hand or hand in your heart, sort of praying that they get over the line, and they did get over the line, but the thing for me is, I don't think the stats really show... The, sort of the 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 true essence of the game offensively. Lamar Jackson didn't have any passing touchdowns, but he still ran for 60 yards in the day. And the team on the offense got the job done. And frankly, they were quite fun to watch, man. You see, see, as a neutral, I really enjoyed watching them yesterday. And it makes you think, how can this team progress throughout the season, especially now they've got four wins on their back?
1: Yeah, I think... Um yeah one of the positives is is that hopefully there is a lot of room for progression because i think they're still um not really finding themselves um and yesterday was really uh was it was a close game there were times i mean obviously they gave up an early touchdown um it seemed to be to me that they were quite flat um starting the game again and it had one of those feels to it. You can sort of hear if you you know watch a game every week, kind of the, the, when the crowd are into it too. And it just it it started off that kind of way. It looked a bit grey and you thought, yeah, this could be uh, this could be a bad day at the office. Um I think you know the, the, there's a couple of things up with the Ravens. Um obviously the the the, the glaring one is is the inability um to hold a lead um, in the, in the fourth quarter, and obviously that didn't happen. Uh, they managed to get over the line yesterday, as you said, not without um, a bit of difficulty um, and a little help uh, from the browns. I think you know the um, the the false start for the field goal uh, that would have potentially tied the game. It was still a long field goal. It definitely wasn't a gimme, but that extra five yards made it about 60 yards. And uh, it was um, untouched and, and horrendous effort in the end. <laughs> the the 60-yard attempt uh, for the Browns that, that kind of sealed the game for the Ravens. Um, you don't get that help every week from teams. And, um, and it kind of raised an ugly um, spectre from the past for the Browns of kind of making critical mistakes at, at crucial moments in games. Um, I think... Um defensively, the Ravens are still fairly soft compared to um, how they've played previously. Um, you know, it might be down to getting used to a new DC in, in Mike McDonald and um, playing a different way, not playing as aggressively or blitz-happy as, as Wick Martindale had them play. Um, but there does seem to be a bit of a lack of identity about the Ravens' defence at the moment uh, and also an inability to make plays when it when it matters. Um so that's something that needs to be addressed if they're going to do anything this year um and i think with the offense lamar isn't quite himself and whether that's there's a lot of speculation as to whether that's contract related and some sort of disquiet um, from him as far as what went on in the off season whether it's just getting um the the rhythm going because of the sort of carousel of running backs that have been coming in and also the changes to the offensive line I mean Ronnie Stanley is nearly back but he's still kind of being um, pitch counted at the moment Um, and uh, so there's not the consistency that maybe would have been there in say 2019 when he had the MVP season and he was explosive and uh, it was a a, a, a extremely foreboding offense to handle for any defensive coordinator. Uh, but there's the good thing, as I said, though, to start with is that there is actually lots of scope for improvement. Cause I think this team is uh, better than the four and three record indicates as far as talent level, but your record is what it is. And the reason that they are four and three is because of giving up very, very late uh, leads. Um, and that, obviously needs to be remedied because that's a critical part of a successful team is being able to close and also having the will and the fortitude to do so. So um, I I don't feel particularly great about yesterday's win. I'm glad that they, uh, they got it because I think on the balance of play they deserve to, but whenever you get, and they had a 10 point lead fairly late again, going into the game, but whenever you go into the fourth quarter and the other team are on offense and and uh, after the season we've watched, you don't have any kind of um, inkling or, or faith that the defense are going to be able to stop them. Um, and and obviously you're playing against arguably the best running back in the NFL, Nick Chubb yesterday as well, who, um, you know, the Ravens have been no slouches at stopping the run. They did a pretty good job against Barkley last week, but uh, Chubb's a different proposition and he was having his way uh, a lot. And I, I was kind of a little bit, I think the Browns panicked a bit and got away from running him as much as they could have in the fourth quarter, which might've made a difference. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a relief to come out with the W um, and on you know onwards to to Tampa, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of work to do in Baltimore. I think there's it just doesn't feel quite right at the moment as far as uh, the whole team.
0: I genuinely think as well now Ben that okay it might not feel quite right yet, but I can see the signs there already. The fact that they did limit Chubb to under 100 yards, I'll I'll take that as a pro and sort of I I I know he ran at one point really well. I think an average of five point seven yesterday. The one thing for a lot of people who are maybe not Ravens fans but general NFL fans. And maybe to have their fantasy team yesterday or they were listening to the Great Iron Pick show last week. Mark Andrews said yesterday before the game that uh, he was feeling good, ready to go. He finished yesterday with, um, I'll just confirm this now, zero, zero receiving, zero yards. He did have that memorable quarterback play. But um, it's just interesting that he wasn't utilised or do you think that was maybe, you know, Sort of great on the Brown side as well to try and stop him from getting into the game because that's one thing that they can try and work on. I think in week one he didn't score a touchdown. He comes in week two scores touchdowns and it's it is very stop start. But there mm-hmm. are a lot of you know positives there in terms of I mean I really like Duvernay and I can't wait to see what he's going to do, Bateman. But Andrews was just a wall yesterday, man, completely.
1: Yeah, he, he he was, and he has been until yesterday. So certainly the last few weeks, yeah, it, it seems that even if you sort of double team him, he finds a way of <clears throat> out strengthening um, <laughs> any defender that's on him and shrugging him off like a irritating little bug and, and catching the ball. So uh, it was a bit uh, surprising, but then luckily Lamar's got about twenty seven of the tight ends to throw to. So that's um, that's the the positive, and uh, they've been trying to get guys like uh, yeah, Isaiah Likely uh, into the game more. And, and he had a couple of grabs yesterday, which was nice to see. Um, and, yeah, DuVernay's been kind of the, uh, the the lead guy for us this year. He's always had, I mean, coming out of college, he was known for having great hands um, and also being a, a, a playmaker. I mean, you know, he's uh, arguably the, the most dangerous return guy um, in the league. Um, and uh, he runs very crisp routes and um, has really, really safe hands, as I said. So it's nice to see him get some recognition. Um, I think that the Ravens, uh, some of the, peripheral peripheral receivers have um got uh, kind of a hard shake of things uh, from from a kind of uh, outsider's point of view because obviously the ravens game is predicated on lamar and the run so much and it's, it's a very tight and heavy um that uh, it, it i've seen way worse Ravens, Ravens receivers cause than than are currently there right now. So it was good to see DuVernay. It was really good to see Rashad Bateman back as well because he's been out with a foot injury for a, for a couple of weeks. And um, uh, he, he needs to be involved more because I, I still believe that um, a healthy Bateman uh, is a borderline uh, WR1 and um, he hasn't really had the chance to shine yet um again, to mark andrews you're going to have games like that um even super stud tight ends are going to have games like that so the, the encouraging thing is that they still found ways to move the ball uh, without him uh, it was great to see uh, gus edwards back as well um who uh, is is head and shoulders above any of the sort of free agent running backs that the Ravens have brought in while him and jk dobbins were were, were missing so um yeah, I think balancing that—it's—it's it's if you take away one weapon, but then you can still move the ball and get points with other weapons. That's the sign of a good offense going in the right direction. And going back to Lamar, I mean, even though he didn't light up, because we only had seventeen pass attempts, <laughs> I think it was last yesterday, and, it, and 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 Lamar referred to that in the um, in the press conference after the game. But, um, but but even with that, it was a game that was won against the opponents that were put in front of them. I don't think that um, you know that. Greg Roman had a terrible game play calling offensively and there's there's also you always get this with fan bases there's a section of fan bases that pick up on an A coach or a coordinator and just say everything is him. So you know, giving up fourth quarter leads fire Greg Roman. It's like he's he's not coordinating the defense. So um but I think it was it was called pretty well and and again going back to Lamar, you know, we had a couple of key uh, uh QB runs for Lamar where he picked up crucial first downs in a, in a way that only Lamar Jackson can, um, so I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, like some other QBs that we might talk about later, um, that there is room for improvement this year. And while you're going through growing pains, it's good to still have a, a winning record. And and I think the last thing to touch on with the Ravens as well is that they they do sit in a pretty bad division this year with the AFC North. So it's kind of looking like it's going to be between them and the Bengals um, this year. And and obviously they already have the. Um, the tie break on the Bengals with the winner at M&T. So it's, it's just going to be a case, I think, of, of those two going at it for the rest of the year.
0: I would go as far as saying if the, if the Ravens were an NFC team, you'd be a very happy man right now because the NFC just looks like a complete free-for-all in, in that sense. Uh, Ravens play the Bucks on Thursday night um, this week in Tampa Bay. Tell me this, as a fan, there couldn't be a better time to play Brady and the Bucs, is there? Because the... The, the, the performance yesterday, Ben, in my opinion, actually gave Brady too much credit. He he went down to having 290 passing yards, 32 for 49. I'm not sure if you've seen the last sort of series of play. He couldn't get the passes together. He was thrown to the ground. The disappointment in his face and the anger was just it was borderline concerning if you take Mike Evans out of it he had 96 receiving yards on the day there was one play at the start of the game where he should have caught it and went to the house he caught it and then dropped it and put it up in the air it was comical Lenny couldn't get anything on the the run game I look personally at that Ravens team and I look at the situation in which Brady's in he's he's came back into the league this season he's lost to Trubisky he's now lost to PJ Walker but the manner in which the Bucks have lost and the manner in which Brady has played in those games makes me think that the Ravens are a home run on Thursday night you must be a confident man going into Thursday
1: no I'm never confident going into especially going into primetime games in Florida because the Ravens historically just don't do well in them I don't know why but um they lost last year, I think it was last year, to the Dolphins in, in a really, really ugly um, loss uh, there. I remember numerous trips to, to Jacksonville uh, where they've been you know, awful uh, and, and somehow found a way to beat us. So I'm never confident going in on a short week on a road game, even though, um, yes, they're, they're admittedly playing uh, a weak, um, misfiring Bucks team right now. Um, the guy sat behind me actually, uh, Harry, is, is a Bucks fan, so he's just keeping his head down and trying to ignore what I'm saying. But, uh, has he been quiet all morning?
0: Yeah, he, yeah he's, yeah, really, he's, he's, he's really. not saying really. much.
1: It's,
0: worked, I mean, it's, up, it's but... one thing, though, Ben, Like even just generally, like as someone like yourself that's watched the league for many years, do you think Brady should have come back? Because now it's, it's actually a bit sad to see how he's playing the last few games, and I just can't see where. Granted, they're only three and four, right? They're not completely gone here in any way, shape, or form, especially in the NFC, but it's so inconsistent. Like, that Chiefs game a few weeks ago, we had about three passing touchdowns, and -hmm. now he couldn't get the ball down the field yesterday. It was... It's it's concerning.
1: I I, I, I agree with you, Michael, I think. Um, And we could come back to eat these words, because I think the one thing you have to remember is we're talking about Tom Brady. So... It's uh, people have ruled him about his entire career and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he somehow finds he eats three weeks and comes back and, and is able to get those balls downfield into the hands of his receivers. I think the early drop may have broken him yesterday. I mean, having seen that, it was it was awful, wasn't it? It was, you know, uh, Mike Evans managed to uh, bump and run, get away a ridiculous separation. He was all on his own and then um, kind of just started to juggle the ball. Um, twenty yards in front of him, and, and and there was no catch there. And whether that sets the tone, um, I don't know. I think also with Brady to give some mitigating factors, he he lost. Key pieces of an offensive line that he was used to in the off season. So he had the, he's obviously lost a guy that I'm familiar with, Ryan Jensen, the uh, excellent center who's who's out pretty much injured all year. And then um, he had the, uh, Ali Marpet and um, Alex Kappa as well um, that went via retirement and free agency. So um, I think it's it's tough to get that confidence sometimes. But I think yes, I agree. Physically, he looks like you can see this with older QBs, and you never know when it's going to happen. And it hadn't quite happened to him last year, which is probably why um, you know he felt there was unfinished business uh, that this team, you know, was hopefully mainly sticking together and could give him another run, uh, you know, an unprecedented uh, uh, sort of career in, in in the NFL with another Super Bowl. But um, yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, sort of Peyton Manning's last year, but he had an incredible defense to um to to to, to make him basically a game manager it also reminds me of 2006 when the ravens brought in steve mcnair um and he had a great regular season but you could see week to week that the zip in the throws that were there early season were kind of leaving him to the point where it got to the um afc divisional game against the colts and it just wasn't there anymore. And they, he came back in the following year, and it had completely gone. And, and you could just see that, you know, he was a year, a year past it. And I think that's the shame with Brady is that it would have been basically the perfect legacy. Would have been retiring in this off season after a strong run into the playoffs, still looking pretty much like the Brady of old. Um, but now he's just looking like the old Brady. So um, it's, yeah, I, 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 I think I agree with you that. Um, on the balance of everything,
0: he probably should have hung, probably should have hung him up last year. That could have been Tom Brady on the phone there, now. I I love it. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. No, you're fine. I I really think Ben and people will slate me for this. I I think he should have walked away when he won it a couple of years ago. Granted, there was a whole different circumstances. It was a year like no other. But I just don't see a situation in which you can go out and top in any better way. And you talked with Peyton Manning there and McNair, but Manning was. Even as a fan of that team, Manning was poor that year, and he had guys like he, I. I know he had that superb defense, but he had, he had, he had the run game working for him. He could just hand it off, and he knew it was going to be fine. And I, it's sort of sad that it's ended up like this. And, and look, we could completely eat our words. Like I could be texting you on Friday morning, and the Bucks could beat the Ravens and go four and four in the season, and who knows what's going to happen. But I think it's the manner in which it happened, and it's it's really strange because we we were talking off screen about Aaron Rodgers as well, and. I know like, he he was in London a couple of weeks ago when you had some representatives of that game. Do you think, even without talking about his play, do you think it's a valid excuse to say that somebody of his talent, um, doesn't have the correct sort of set of wide receiver core there? Or you know, the, the way that I see it is the the Commanders went in yesterday with Taylor Heineke and still found a way to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers do you think it's an excuse on the Packers side to say that they just don't have the best people to throw the ball to I mean like Alan Lard is fine Sammy Watkins has played with multiple good quarterbacks over the last few years uh, and, and Amari Rogers and he's not getting on with dives I, there's, there's not a substantial come down in relation to Tom Brady but do you think it's time to panic for the Packers or do you think they can get it together they're sitting three and four as well and the NFC this year is just cooked Ben isn't it it's completely cooked and <laughs> It, who like who on earth i say the eagles is going to be the second best team there i just can't find one
1: it's it's uh, you're right i mean there's a conference it's a bit of a shambles and um it, even in, you know, the division that the packers find themselves in they you know have a chance in that you know, you've got the lions who are now was it 1 and 5 um and oh, 1 and 6 can't remember i think it's 1 and 5 cuz they had a bye week already 1 and um, 5 yeah yeah um bears are they're awful um and um, And then the Vikes, yeah, probably, arguably, at the moment, the best team in the division. But it's it's not saying a lot, is it? So I think um, Rogers himself said, you know, he he still has the, you know, the the Rogers swagger and the confidence to kind of say, "Yeah, we'll figure it out. We're not out of it yet." They're only three and four, aren't they? So um, I think from a selfish point of view, for wanting a lot of people to be happy, I'd really like them to turn it around because we have, um, you know, the uh, and we'll talk more about the, the. the work stuff later, but the UK and Irish Packers going out for the doubleheader against the Cowboys and the Titans next month, and uh, it would be a shame were they not to at least see a, a win on that uh, on that trip. So, um, obviously the Cowboys, yeah, that's probably who I would say right now as far as talent wise and the ability to make a run uh, are the are the uh, second best team in the NFC. It's, it's a close one. I don't think the Giants are. I think the Giants are really really efficient. Uh, well-drilled, disciplined football team that don't do a lot wrong on either side of the ball. They're not spectacular on either side of the ball, but they don't do a lot wrong on either side. And obviously, I haven't seen that up close against the Ravens last week. They basically waited for the Ravens to shoot themselves in the foot and then capitalised. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think it's it's the... Uh, the NFC East is the sort of, um, by far, the strongest division um, in that conference this year. So, going back to Rogers, you know, he, he was... Uh, the, the, it's, it's a team game, right? So, I mean, the... The Packers gave up some pretty big plays in the secondary yesterday as well to basically let the Washington back into it. Um, but then you got Terry McLaurin, who's a tremendous receiver, so I mean he he made some some great plays too. Um, you have, um, uh, but but yeah, I think I think you know trading away basically Roger's best weapon when you're basically trying to make a run in the, in the twilight of his career is not the best decision. Um, and you know you could see that when he. When he does get some time and he he kind of gets into that sort of free flowing Rogers mode, it's still there. I think his arm is still there uh, as opposed to to Tom Brady and you know that play he made yesterday where he kind of came off the left of the line and um, saw a darting Aaron Jones going into the uh, end zone and just floated a perfect pass just over the head of the defender and into Aaron Jones's arms. That that's Aaron Rodgers, but the problem is that he does not have the um, the spread of talent. Uh, to, to disperse the ball to and I think you can see that in his play and you can see the frustration so, some of the decisions that Rogers is making where he's basically hauling it down the field and hoping a lot of the time expecting guys to be able to make plays that maybe they're not capable of doing um, and he's also trying just to give them a kick up the backside and say yeah, let's, let's see what you can do with with my awesome arm it's not coming out uh it's not working out so uh um but even then at the end of the game it was you know it looked there was nearly a crazy bizarre end to that where Rogers himself was involved and they were laterally got all over the place and then I think it was the who was it? it was the tight end alignment that dropped it in the end but uh it was <laughs> it, uh, i think that uh, they're saved by the weakness of their division and the green bay uh if they can pick up you know a couple of wins here and there they're probably going to be in it as far as a, a playoff berth towards the end of the year provided they can stay in contention in, in their division um, but I, i'm not sure that you know, based on the current um evidence uh, and the lack of Firepower, uh, Rogers notwithstanding, that they'll be able to do anything more than the wild card round this year.
0: Next up for them next Sunday is the Bills on Sunday Night Football. That, that, yeah. That's going to be fun. Uh, Rogers already saying that he's happy to go in as an underdog. Well, he's lost three in a row. Packers sitting three and four. Brady's lost two in a row. Bucks are three and four. Nobody's seen this coming, so it's going to be intriguing to see over the next few weeks what happens there. Um, you you've, you've 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 sort of. You've done excellent there, Ben. You've talked about 16 different things with different teams. But (laughs) has there been anything this season, even seven weeks in, that's that's caught your eye as a fan and as someone who watches the game? I mean, you talked about the Giants there. I I personally thought yesterday that the were shot themselves in the foot at the end. Don't get me wrong, the Giants have done extremely well to get the 6-1. And and what Brian Dable's doing is superb. Uh, I looked at the next-gen stats yesterday for Trevor Lawrence and the amount of incompletions he had in the uh, parts of the field as well was stunning. But the Jags had the ball... Um, with the last minute of the game of flag situation messed it up and they had an extra minute on the clock basically they should have won the game, they didn't but it's really been that season then of unpredictability and Brady talked about it in his press conference and there's a lot of bad football I, mean, I don't want to start saying that about the league but mm. I don't think any of us seen where the season was going at the start, even whenever the schedule came out, even in the last week in August it's just, it's been so unpredictable but I guess that's what we love about this league and a lot of people always uh I guess that's what we love about this league and uh, 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 a lot of people sometimes, especially uh, over here in the the, the UK, or Ireland, or Europe, if they're trying to get into the league, they're like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch this. One thing you can say about this league is it's unpredictable to the point where you cannot guess what's going to happen any other week. Yeah,
1: it's... it's um, you, you, You've summed it up in that uh, you're not getting the highest level of... I, I don't know whether at the beginning of seasons your players are also acclimating to rule changes in the off season, and you always seem to get kind of a, a bit more of a, a season on season leaning towards offense over defense and penalties and then the refs are getting used to it as well so they kind of can have a hand in messing up the momentum of games or making ridiculous decisions that swings things against teams that maybe would have been coasting to a win at some point but um, yeah it does seem to be that there's a lot of I mean touching on Trevor Lawrence you know he's kind of a guy that just you, you, you see it but it's not quite not quite there for for the sort of promised second coming potential that that, that Lawrence was coming out of college and having all the tools required, um, there just seems to be kind of a a killer instinct element missing at the moment um, or an inability to cut out really back-breaking mistakes that um, that you you kind of – Waiting to be eradicated from his game, and and it's it's a bit of an odd one with him because you, I mean I think it was it was a penalty, wasn't it? It was a it was a uh, it didn't stay in bounds, didn't he? The um the, the opposing player when he was it was it, it was Barkley, wasn't it? He managed to he put his foot out, yeah. Of bounds. So that so that basically bought them an extra minute. Um, and when you're paying, you know, you're basically you're you, you lumping the franchise on the shoulders of a, a a potential franchise QB. That's when they um have times to shine, and 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 they should be getting you in position to win a game so um i i, I think maybe players are also with the longer seasons now. even though it's only one extra game it, it it's um that's still a quite a high percentage of add-on uh, football time to how it was and also the extra week of playoffs um it makes you wonder whether you know some players are kind of just half gassing it at this point of the season and trying to kind of get themselves and even teams are trying to get themselves into a position where they're saying, right, at the moment, you know, we need to win by whatever means necessary, but we don't want to open up at the full playbook. We don't want to get people injured and we don't want to play our best football. Now we want to do it in November, December. So uh, and I don't even know whether that sort of subconsciously makes a difference to people at the moment, where it's kind of, you know, they're still kind of in that mode of coming out of a shorter preseason season um they're trying to find their feet in the league um and you know teams and coordinators and coaches have access to more stats and more video and film than they ever have done so they're able to actually do a good few days research on a team who may have played great the previous week and do their job to negate those strengths and make them look bad so i, I don't know because i i can't see how the actual talent pool kind of got weaker um, if anything, it should have got stronger because it's now tougher to get in the NFL than it ever has been. And there's more kids competing to be football players than there ever has been. So uh, I don't know how it can really be a talent level thing. Um, so I, I think it must be more of an sort of inherent um, team ethos coaching thing uh, towards getting towards playing better. In Because I think you go to the playoffs and you get to, you know, divisional weekend and championship weekend and the level is still as high as it's ever been
0: absolutely and i think it's going to take that next step up for the next few weeks one thing i will say is in a good way the nfl season is a grueler like i'm fortunate enough to work in the week to to work on the league every week and i'm finding the grueling seven weeks in there's stuff going on from left right and center and and i i know you and your job with touchdown trips mvp travel have a very busy time a very positive time as well but it's it's a very very busy time because you've got a lot of people heading over to the states for games and one thing that I found, Ben, from even starting a good Iron is we've we've picked up a real new community over the last three to four months of fans. And I guess for people that aren't aware of what you do, could you maybe even try and explain that in 30 seconds or a minute just to talk yeah. a bit about touchdown trips?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, basically, we just send people to watch what we've been talking about the last half hour, which is, you know, hopefully some some good NFL football. But um and hopefully you've, you've gathered that I'm quite a big fan of, of the game, but um, it, it was important for me to, when we set this up, the company to make sure that we included a proper NFL game day. So the vast majority of our packages include a tailgate, like a proper tailgate, not just like going to a tent and getting a you know, a, a couple of drinks and a cold buffet. It's more of a, um, a, a parking lot style uh, off the back, back of a flatbed truck, barbecue type of thing um, with local fans that have been doing it for years and years and years. Um, Stadium tours and things like that, but yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's actually just getting out to the US, um, seeing a game in a you know in an NFL stadium that's normally you know majority packed with home fans, um, feeling a sort of partisan uh, atmosphere, and um, really just enjoying um, enjoying the game that we love watching every week on TV.
0: Absolutely, and I for one, I'm actually someone that's I've been a fan for twelve or thirteen years of the NFL now, and I went out to. Denver, I think it was in twenty seventeen with touchdown trips and I mean literally once it was booked everything was done from there. Email, tickets sent, everything. And I I have to agree on the tailgate element of it, Ben. I think when you go from here over to the States and especially for the first few times and everything's new, it it can be difficult to sort of understand the process and get around. Like going into a private tailgate and I think we paid something like it was like twenty dollars or something that was included in the package and your your food your drink was all included and you got to talk to people from around the world. It was it was a great experience. Um, I know you've been around now for a number of years in 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 different elements, not just with the NFL but different sports also. And there's been some tours with fan groups, also some tours with Gridiron. And um, has there been any tours that sort of stick out to you in the memory and ones that that you look back on with uh, fond memories yourself? Yeah, I mean,
1: I pretty much look back on all of them with, with, um, fond memories. We haven't really had a bad one yet. Luckily, um, going all the way back to the first one we did with gridiron in, in 2017, which was, um, you know, we did sort of Houston and, um, and the Astros had just won the world series, which is kind of a, a a full circle type of thing here coming on. Uh, they just made it to the world series, but, um, that was a fun one because we went to New Orleans and and it's the first time that a lot of the guys, I think most of the guys, have been to New Orleans. But it was it, we just had the downtime in New Orleans. It wasn't actually a game. We just kind of had you know three days because it was New Orleans. Um, but that was that was a fun because it was the first one. Um, Pacific Coast was was fun. I mean, the Great Lakes <clears throat> Gridiron Tour was um, was special because we had Lambo. Uh, field, which is just you know, if you've not been to Lambeau, it's it's a magical place uh, to visit, and and all the locals are so friendly and, and welcoming, and um, we'd managed to do a Madison game, you know, a, a, a Badgers game in Madison um, the, the day before, which was a lot of fun, and we got to go to. Chicago for a couple of nights, see a Bulls game. We got to go to Cleveland and see the Steelers-Browns. There's the famous uh, Mason Rudolph uh, being smashed over the head with his own helmet by Miles Garrett game. Um, We got to go then to Michigan and see a Michigan game, Michigan-Michigan State at the Big House and uh, a Lions game. And we also saw the Hall of Fame um, in in Ohio. So, um, yeah, that was, I think, that that was the one we packed the most in. Uh, The only drawback, if you'd call it that, is that the whole region was hit by an arctic blast that week so it was about minus 20 the entire time we were there but that kind of just seemed to add to <laughs> to, to the authenticity of the trip and um michigan especially we got this tailgate that was um about as authentic as it gets it was basically in the backyard of a frat house um where uh, they'd set up a beer pong and a flip cup and um and and heaters that that caused a, a lot luckily of warmth for us to huddle around um but yeah there was the drinks and the shots and things like that and after about an hour and a half most people weren't aware it was minus 20 anymore but um yeah ann arbor and tailgating there is just uh, another another level experience so uh I'd, I'd probably just put great lakes 2019 uh as probably my favorite one so far
0: It that locked on real I remember seeing like the videos on social media going I'd love to be there and I know you are going to New Orleans in the next month as well it's, it's, it's a busy time and one element which I think is really important as well Ben because we're hearing uh, well I've heard rumours there are just rumours there's nothing ironclad here but there's rumours that Germany could have two games next year uh, potentially one in Frankfurt, one in Munich and I know you currently have a package up for the game in Munich this year and I think anyone, if, if you're a fan in the UK Ireland or Europe especially can attest to it's how difficult to get tickets for games now, I was mm. proud to say I was 600,000th in the queue for Munich and I did not get a ticket uh, and I've seen that you've put, you know, outsourced the odds and managed to get a fantastic sort of tour together there for Munich and I'm presuming that's something that you'll plan to do over the next few years especially if there's a couple of games next year
1: uh yeah we we I mean, we're looking forward to munich and seeing you know how the uh, the lay of the land is and i'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere at the allianz arena alliance allianz arena um but uh <clears throat> yeah that's that's been an interesting one and as you say the uh the ticket prices were just insane for it it was uh, we were fortunate to secure the uh, the inventory that we did but it was very very tough to do that um so we'll we'll see i think over the coming years whether it'll become a bit easier after the sort of novelty of the first event's gone. But I think, you know, the Tom Brady factor was, was big in that as well. So uh, we will see. But yeah, Munich's gonna be fun and Harry's taking that group out and uh, you know, it'll be um you know, looking forward to spending a, a night in the old town and
0: um it'll be fun. Yeah, I definitely can't wait for that myself. Is there any tourist band just over the next few months as we go into the business end of the season that you'd that you'd like to talk about? I know and I'll I'll say this for, for anyone listening. Um I went to my first Super Bowl in February, and I have to say, regardless of the price or the or or the amount of time or whatever, you, you have to do it if you're a fan. Uh, it, it's like the mecca of the whole sport, but Ben. I couldn't get over the experience, and and I know you've got Super Bowl experiences available to book now for for Arizona, and 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 you will have expressions of interest available for for Vegas the year after. But it really is, it's something that you cannot compare anything to, and I'd recommend anyone that's an NFL fan to, if you're gonna do it once in your life or do it every year, just do it once because you have to experience it.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not gonna. Sugarcoat the the cost involved in the Super Bowl. Um, it's it's high and and it's you know being getting higher over the years and and that's you know that's kind of the market on tickets mainly. Um, but you're right, it is like no other event, and it's not just the you know, Super Bowl itself. That's kind of the culmination of a week of of sort of football celebration, the festivities, and everyone's so upbeat and happy to be there. And um, you got stuff going on around the cities that they're hosting, and they always do a very good job. Um, as far as fan activations and things like that, so you have the Super Bowl experience, which you know I can spend happily spend a whole day in the convention center trying to miss field goals, um, and uh, yeah, so we, we 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 do a nice tour, I think, and um, yeah, we kind of do a Friday night uh, welcome party, and um, and then we have a really good tailgate before the Super Bowl. Because I think if you're doing the Super Bowl, you have to make sure that you uh, you do it right, and um, that's been very popular the last few years so yeah we're going to arizona and we have um we have rooms still available for that and uh uh i think the, the the warm weather is always appealing in february anyway um we try to kind of pivot a little bit to people's needs so we don't say this is the itinerary this is what you're doing it's kind of you know friday's a free day and we had some people that want to go to the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is kind of one of the most uh raucous PGA tour events in, in the US. They have that famous par three where people get there and it's kind of like an NFL atmosphere. They get there early morning with their beer coolers at like, you know, six A. M. and and they sit there at uh, and line the grandstands and um uh, yeah, watch the shots come in all day. So um that that should be fun and, and then um yeah the, the the game itself, you know, it's a great stadium there in Glendale. So um so we're looking forward to that one. And I think we, uh, the other one that yeah, you touched on the um uh, the, the big easy tour, which is less than two weeks away. So LSU Alabama will be a lot of fun and we're lucky to be uh, joined by your your friend and colleague Jeff Reinbold um, for, uh, for, for 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 that tour as well and then um, and then two weeks later, it's it's the all-star tour, which I was talking to Jeff about a few months ago. And I can't wait for that one. It's going to be, you know, cause you never know when you put these tours in place, how the games will shake down. And and last year we, we, it was a great tour, the Gridiron sunshine tour, but we had two Jacksonville games who just got blown out at home in both games. And, um, and I think every home team actually got blown out in that apart from Florida. So, um, so this year we've got, you know, Thanksgiving, which is the Giants uh, out of the Cowboys. And suddenly that's looking like it could be a cracking wow. game. <laughs> um, so, uh, that worked out well. Cause you wouldn't normally think the Cowboys Giants based on the last few years would be a, a cracking game. But so, so that one's fun because, you know, you, you go to Dallas and, and you, you get to Fort Worth and you, you, you put the Stetsons on and you do the whole Cowboy thing. And, um, and then uh, Nashville is the next stop on that one, and, and that's just a great city in its own right. And it's Vanderbilt, but they're hosting Tennessee, who are you know one of the powerhouses in college football. And this shows. is
0: stocked, mate. This is stocked. You got yeah. college ever, and that's this fun. is this is nuts. It's great.
1: So then we've got the Titans, Bengals, and and the Titans are now sort of showing a bit of a. Uh, a bit of resilience so i'm hoping they'll be uh around about 500 uh by the time that they're hosting the Bengals and the Bengals, obviously are the Bengals. so that's that's kind of a a fun uh team to watch anyway um and then you've got monday night in indianapolis now um the Colts are showing a bit of resistance now but they're playing the steelers who are terrible the two and five but they travel in numbers, so you never know with the Steelers how they're going to do. They could be in that game. Who knows? And then finishing in Boston for the uh, Patriots, Bills. So, um which again, you know, with any Belichick team, you can never rule out. Uh, again, they're a team that I think are playing better than the some of their parts, but but their records not bad. Um And they're playing a divisional rival in in the Bills and Josh Allen. So I'm I'm looking forward to that whole thing. I can't wait.
0: That's very tempting. I'm not gonna lie. I I love it, and we'll, we will put the link in the bio as well for that trip itself as well, mm-hmm. folks, on the podcast and on the, and on the video as well. And um, Ben, just 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 sort of finally, I think the thing that sort of sticks out to me as someone that works on the league, but also as a fan as well, is uh, touchdown trips relationship with different fan groups, and I've seen there that that Packers tour is sold out already, which I mm-hmm. think sums up both the support that there is. Um, in the UK and Europe for the, the NFL at the moment, but 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 also um, re- relationships that you've built up over the years with fan groups. And I think that's sort of uh, a differentiating factor between yourselves and anyone else.
1: Yeah, we try to, I mean, it, um, you know, it's, it's really cliche saying that you're a fan first, but I really I really am a fan first. I, I, it, it, I, I try to sell what I enjoy doing on a weekend uh, and, I, and I have loved doing. And I always felt that, you know, it was essential that anyone coming from the UK was going to get that experience. I think you're cheating yourself if you don't um, get the full American game experience. And that's helped by other fans. And and they're so passionate and knowledgeable over here, the fan groups. And, um, yeah, the UK Packers and Steve uh, have been fantastic to work with. And they always surprise me because this year, you know, we put the tour on and I'm thinking, well, we might get, a 20-odd for this because they're playing in London. So, you know, that'll probably take away from a few that want to go over. But, yeah, sort of sold out in two weeks. And uh, it, it was it was tremendous response. And I think, yeah, the doubleheader of games is quite appealing too. Um, but we've got the uh, Bengals UK, so day UK, I'll give a shout-out to as well because um, they're going on their first fan trip um, in two weeks. Um, so they're off out um, uh, to Cincinnati. They're going to see a Bearcats game as well. Um, and uh, and they're having a traditional one o'clock kickoff at a Paul Brown Stadium too. But they they can walk to the stadium from their hotel. Um, and I'm very happy for them as well because they've uh, you know they've had a lot of years in the wilderness of not very good football teams to watch, and they've stuck with them. And uh, you know, obviously made it to the Super Bowl last year. And and again, I think that the Bengals are a team to watch. I think that they are getting themselves together. Um, had a good win yesterday, and um, yeah, I think uh, they'll have a they'll have a good weekend in Cincinnati.
0: I can attest that they're great guys, Bengals UK, and, and obviously the Packers fans as well. It's brilliant. I've talked to Steve before. Yeah, you, you couldn't yep. be working with uh, any better there. And I think as well, Ben, for people that are interested for the first time, um, you've got a Platinum Service Award with FIFO. and like you've so many people, with different reviews and great reviews of of the products and services that you have, and it's it's great to see so many fans jump on board.
1: Yeah, no, we, and we, yeah, we send those out. Um, they are you know, sort of unbiased reviews to make sure that we are, um we we want to get honest feedback from people. And luckily that's been largely very positive. So uh, we're very proud to have got that award again. Um, and uh, yeah, we we can only be judged by uh, you know, people that um, entrust us with their trips. Cause these are, especially at the moment with uh, you know, the issues we have with the dollar and the pound and the issues we have with cost of living, you know, people are, you know, working hard to do this and, and to make these trips possible. So we need to make sure that we deliver, the best possible trips. And I do need to also mention just because I'd mentioned a couple of fan groups. I cannot not mention other fan groups because uh, we've also got um, gangrene UK who, uh, uh, and, and again, another fan group that I'm very happy for. Cause when we've got like next
0: week, aren't they? We've got the Jets. Wrong.
1: No, they're going at the end of the 25th. They'll, they'll be out just around Thanksgiving, just after Thanksgiving. I think they fly ah. out on the Friday. So black Friday, um, but they're going out um, for the Jets bears. Game, but um, I'm very happy for them that they are now actually they're a team with a winning record. They're competing uh, in the in the AFC East, and uh, uh, yeah, they're going to have New York around Christmas time. So, uh, so for them, it's terrific. And also uh, the Rams, um, uh, Rams UK, they're going out as well for a double header to see the Rams. Surprisingly, um, but uh, they'll get probably the best weather of all the fan groups.
0: Yeah, it'll definitely be warm there anyway i i i can really attest as someone has done this before how much i enjoyed my trip and more, more so the sort of ease of experience so I, I really enjoyed it ben and it's been great to get to know you over oh, 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 just over the last few years and and also just obviously thanks for for your and the uh, touchdown trips continued support of gridiron and, and and we massively appreciate you i think for anyone listening to this podcast or, or watching the video do check out the link below you can get a custom trip So you can get in touch and check out from the very, very bottom to the very, very top and and check out something that works for you. But for now, Ben, uh, thanks very much for your time, man. And look, enjoy Thursday night. It's going to be a a good night potentially for Ravens fans. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Anytime.